Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz. Today's episode, I have with me Tanya Schultz, aka The Money Life Coach. Welcome, Tanya. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Colin. Uh, just for everybody who's listening at home, could you give me a, just a quick introduction in terms of how you found yourself going into coaching and, and a little bit of your background? Sure. Yeah, I am. I live in Lake Tahoe full time. I've been up in I've been in California most of my life, and I started out in journalism. So I was really my background's in journalism and writing. Always loved writing, and about five years ago. I really started to figure out that I needed to figure out, I wanted to get ahead in my finances. And so I've always been into personal development and mindset and stuff like that. So I got really focused on listening to podcasts and reading books and kind of just went down this rabbit hole in the financial space and wanting to learn everything I could about finance. Not because I wanted to coach, not because I wanted to teach people, because I wanted to be able to get myself out of debt and create the wealth and the life that I knew I could create for myself. So through that journey, I got really focused. And what really inspired me, I guess, is that I was, was, I came across the Dave Ramsey podcast, who's been, has his own show for like 20 something years now. And all of his episodes are coaching people through coaching everyday people on financial situations that they're in, whether it's paying off debt, um, you know, any sort of financial issue or problem that they have. And they do these thing called debt-free screams. You probably talked about them on your show before maybe, but people will come on the show every episode and there'll be people that had tens of that. I mean, just insane amounts of debt and they come on there and they do their debt-free scream. So they paid off all their debt. And after listening to these over and over and over again, I got really inspired. I was like, if these people can pay off debt, like, so can I, because sometimes it feels like you, you know, it seems like too far out of reach for some reason, or it's going to take you forever to pay it off. So after listening to them, um, I got on the baby steps plan and that really just worked for me being able to focus on one thing at a time. And I paid off all my debt within eight months. And I was like, holy bleep. I (laughs) did that. And it feels amazing. I felt lighter and I got inspired to coach others and teach others to do the same. So through that, I got really inspired to start coaching and I took training through Dave Ramsey. And now I've been coaching for about a year and creating content and teaching people how to get out of debt as well. Yeah, you're not the first person we've had on the show who has been a big fan of Dave Ramsey. And uh, I've listened to things like the Total Money Makeover uh, book that he has. And I it, it's what for me, one of the things that I, I get frustrated with is just that I'm still on the first baby step just because getting out of debt is the first step. And so I've really had to use. Oh, is it two? Right. The emergency fund is one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm stuck on step two, I guess. Um, So I have the emergency fund and now I'm in that debt one, which like you said, you know, it feels like it's going to take forever. And so this show has at least helped me to kind of carve it up into smaller goals. Um, Cause like right now I'm focused on getting one card gone, then another card gone. And so that there's more of milestones instead of just, you know, getting the entire number down to zero. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's awesome. I actually haven't talked about the uh, the debt free screams. We'll have to uh, find some and <laughs> to share with the uh, in the show notes. But um, yeah, so that's awesome. So you find that you're out of find yourself out of debt and then wanting to share that with others. And everyone says that you should be. Uh, having an emergency fund and saving for a rainy day, but they don't always do it. And then now we find ourselves in a time where everybody wishes that they did it. Uh, so we're recording this uh, still during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, just kind of to put it out there, a little marker for the time capsule. Uh, we've been stay, what, in shelter in place now since uh, mid-March and it is uh, mid-May right now. So we're almost on two months. Yeah. Uh, how has that been for you up in Tahoe? It's been good. I mean, I've been really grateful just being in Tahoe and having the space to get outside and everything. I am an introvert. So kind of when it first started, I was like, I was okay with it. And I do a lot of work from home anyway. So it didn't feel like a huge lifestyle change. But you know, the emotional and the yeah, I guess the emotional and mental, the toll that it takes on you is it gets draining. It's just like the same thing over and over. Um, But for me, business wise, it's been great. I will say that just like what you were saying about emergency fund. And this was like my moment to be like, this is what I've been trying to tell you guys. Like, <laughs> it was like the aha moment and the, the moment that I could be like, this is why you guys need to listen up. Like everybody, you know, and, and people really started wanting to focus in on, on that more and figuring out what they could do. So yeah, in that aspect, it's been really good too. And it's been pushing me and inspiring me that my work is really needed, that our work is really needed, just helping guiding people and giving them information, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that this, uh, a lot of people have said that this has kind of shown, shown a light on how fragile all of our systems are as a society even. And so, you know, everything from businesses that don't have enough money in the bank to, to withstand something like this to even us, uh, many people don't run their own finances like a business, but we don't usually have the cash flow to weather long periods of things because we expect we'll get paid again, you know, next, you know, the next two weeks, next month, whatever that might be. Uh, and I think, you know, even as a, I, you know, used to freelance for a really long time and oftentimes people would see that as less stable than regular jobs. But as we're seeing now, like a regular job is not a guarantee of stability. It's really, you know, something that you have to build for yourself uh, and, you know, just because, you know, everyone around you doesn't have an emergency fund doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Uh, mm-hmm. And it might be hard to win them over and kind of convince everybody, you know, this, you know, this personal finance religion that we find, you know, once we once it works, it's like amazing. And you're like, that's why haven't I been doing this all along? And, and you know, I'm not even out of debt yet, but I can already see, you know, a lot of breathing room there in terms of like, I am making room for myself to be able to like not carry that burden around with me all the time. Um, so I guess the, one of the things there would be like, if people have lost their jobs, what sort of opportunities are you seeing right now? I know it's kind of a mess right now in terms of people are available are eligible for things like unemployment. Uh, there's a bunch of business opportunities that businesses are getting money to be able to rehire people. Um, but if they are finding that they've lost their job, what sorts of things have you been seeing out there? Well, yeah, there's a couple things going on. So I definitely feel like there's some percentage out there that's like 70% of people aren't happy in their jobs and it's way more over 50%. But this is, this is kind of like pushed people. A lot of people lost their jobs. So what are you going to do now? Are you going to go back to that job? Or are you, 
this is your chance to do something new and to try something differently. So that's exciting. I think that that people should really be thinking, what do I want to do now? What should I be trying or learning and doing? Um, and then also with unemployment, I'm hearing from a lot of people that they're they're making more in unemployment. And I don't want to say like take advantage of it, but it's kind of like, okay, if you're making more money on unemployment, now's the perfect time to be budgeting and getting your money organized and go, finding a job that you really want to, that you really love and enjoy. So it's a good like time for people to reassess where they want. Yeah. To yeah. I have to wonder uh, how many people right now are using that money because unemployment doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people are budgeting that and, you know, creating in that emergency fund so that they can wait until maybe they do love their job and they want to go back to it. Uh, maybe that job is not going to be there when they are allowed to come back to work. Um, maybe creating some sort of opportunities to figure out what things they want to explore. Um, I have a feeling that some people, and I've seen this a little bit, is that their lifestyle rose to meet that new income. Uh, and that is always the risk, right? As, as you make more money, you have lifestyle creep, even in a time of pandemic, where, you know, if you're at home, it's like, oh, it'd be really nice if I had a nicer TV, a nicer this, a nicer that. It's like everyone's starting a garden. Everyone's doing all these things. Uh, (laughs) uh, So hopefully, you know, we can, people can listen and can take away that, you know, budgeting, especially right now. I mean, a lot of people are already saving money, not eating out and going to bars and things, but making sure that that money isn't then just allocated to online shopping, but like saved because it will end, you know, unemployment will end at some point. Uh, There's going to be a little bit of a hangover on the economy when this is over. We don't know how long it's going to take to recover. And so, uh, you know, it really shines a light on the importance of paying off debt, having an emergency fund so that something like this can be weathered. And uh, do you have any tips, I guess, for building an emergency fund during an emergency? Because it's, you know, while there's all these opportunities, it's, we're also living under that like low grade level of stress that we all have at the same time. Yeah. I think the best thing to do is sell stuff to jumpstart an emergency fund. There's still plenty of people buying stuff on eBay, stuff online, different platforms. So whenever I needed money and whenever I was kicking off my debt-free journey, I was like, what can I sell? <laughs> Let me sell <laughs> any and everything that I don't need and don't use anymore. Right. Um, so definitely doing that and having that mini emergency fund at first, at least $1,000, because the most common emergency is about $400, $500 or less. And the majority of America doesn't have enough cash to cash flow a $400 emergency. So even a $1,000 emergency fund, an emergency fund isn't a savings account. Like I like to explain to people, it's just for big emergencies, um, Things health-wise that might come up, uh, something that happens with your car, anything like that. But just at least having $1,000, that's your goal, is a great place to start. And whether that's selling something. And there still is plenty of work in warehouses and different kinds of stuff. You have to let your ego just be like, (laughs) let me try to just do this temporarily. doesn't mean you got to work there forever, but do it for a little while to save up some more money, you know? Yeah. And some of the criticisms have been, I mean, some of the jobs that might return, it's whether or not you make your own cost benefit analysis of, you know, if that job was paying a certain amount of money and maybe the, they're not doing all that they can to protect you. 
uh, it might not be the right job to go back to. Um, and I mean, I know it's a privilege right now to be working. Um, we're also both fortunate enough to be working online right now. Um, and I think there's a lot of guilt in that. A lot of people feel like they shouldn't be getting paid right now whenever so many people have lost their jobs. But, you know, the economy needs to keep going and people still need to, you know, create goods and services to keep this whole thing uh, alive. And I, I personally see a lot of things that I hope change for the better after this. Um, that we learn from and maybe we don't have such a fragile ecosystem that we rely on, you know, even the, the, the medicine that we rely on coming from all over the world. And, you know, when that shuts down, what happens, um, which could create more jobs in, in America, which will be great. Yeah. Like I said, I think that if you look at the opportunity instead of the lack of opportunity, it's just about your mindset and what you're focusing on. So if you're like, let me try this, Hey, let me try, you know, like looking at what, what's available to you instead of what's not available to you. And some of the biggest companies at the downturn in economy have had huge growth on downturns. Like what can I create right now? That's important to people. Um, I know Uber and some of those companies obviously right now aren't doing well, but like at the downturn last time, like a lot of tech companies like blew up. Right. They were giving people things that, that they needed at that time. So Yeah, I remember out of the last downturn, we had uh, a lot of sites like Groupon, Living Social, One King's Lane, a lot of those sites that help people save money. And I just think that the companies might be a little different um, than they were, right? Even Airbnb, like you said, Uber, Lyft, all of those kind of came out of that as well. So um, I think it's really just figuring out if you're making income, you know, figuring out where you can focus your time and energy. Um, You mentioned being able to figure out like where you want to... focus that income. So if someone is getting unemployment or uh, is still getting a paycheck, what do you recommend in terms of how to focus that energy right now? I definitely think a budget's your foundation. So your financial foundation, um, if you don't have a budget or you think you have a budget, (laughs) but you don't really use it, you've done it once. um, Now is the time to seriously get intentional about having one and creating your budget because a lot of people think budget budgets get a bad rap that they are restrictive and you know, you aren't allowed to spend money, but it's simply not true. It, it actually gives you more freedom. So, and you can focus really clearly and you can see exactly where your money is going. So learning how to budget and really putting that into practice is the best thing that you could do right now. Awesome. Yeah. And especially if you, find yourself not going out as much, you'll have a few less line items to budget, a few less decisions to make. And it's like training wheels for your budget. I mean, I've been doing that with um, just simple habits because I'm at home. I'm adding small incremental habits instead of huge lifestyle changes. And I think a budget could start that way too. Um, In terms of budgeting, what do you recommend there in terms of how? I know there's a lot of different options like, you know, you need a budget like software um, there's things like Mint, there's things like, uh, I think even Credit Karma, Nerd Wallet, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's just so many options out there. So what do you recommend? Yeah. There's so many apps and everything. Um, and there are some good ones. I just think doing stuff manually, not having it automated is really key to budgeting, especially if you haven't been doing it ever, or you're just starting out, you need to be like ha- very hands-on. So whether that's just straight up handwriting your budget like writing it out on paper, using a spreadsheet. I offer a free spreadsheet on my website, an Excel sheet that I've used 
to get out, get a, get out of budget and still use. Um, and it has formulas, but like you're still in there subtracting when you're spending money on food and manually doing stuff because that's where stuff gets lost. And that's where people feel like, where did all my money go at the end of the year when they do their taxes? Because they're not paying attention to where it's going. So yeah, there are some good apps, but a lot of them do are, are automated. So I feel like you need something that's hands-on for sure. Yeah. I, I like the manual process. I mean, I have mint hooked up, but I, I don't feel like it gives me a sense of where my money went at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and versus I've also done the spreadsheet way and I will go into my, my two debit cards and manually write in each item and categorize them. And, you know, yeah. when you have to write it out again, it's like, Oh, I spent that much money at that place. And I spent this much money over here. And you start to see it because you're writing it out. Just like, you know, when you write things out by hand, you tend to remember them more. Um, and I, you know, I've heard similar things with like um, with the credit cards that I have. A lot of people I recommend not even trying to do like a debt consolidation loan. They said, focus on just paying off the highest interest rate one, pay off each card and it's going to be painful, but that pain is going to remind you not to get in this position again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously, if you can find a really good loan right now, which you might, it might be worth taking to pay off those things faster. But uh, right now I'm just, you know, taking that pain and getting it gone. And, you know, it's one of those things where I wish we went into this. No one could have foreseen this, but I know that going into this without the debt over my head would be very different than, you know, having to know that a certain amount of all my money has to go to paying uh, credit cards, or in my case, I'm still paying the IRS back. So like being able to do that, you know, what could I be doing right now? Uh, It might even be um, to be able to, you know, buy more things at local stores to help, you know, keep them going in this time. And so I think that's a pretty big thing right now. But uh, yeah. Um, do you want to give us a quick overview and just in terms of like what kind of coaching you do and a little bit about your website? Yeah. So I am a financial life coach. I go by the money life coach on Instagram and on my website is the money And so basically, um, life coaching is really big right now, but the training I did is financial life coaching because they kind of go together one in the same and coaching is different than a financial planner or something like that because, what a coach does is really, um, they work with you. They ask a lot of questions as to getting where you want to go and your goals and setting up a plan for you, customizing a plan for you. Um, a financial planner is much more like in strategic details on your money and, um, analytical, I guess I should say, but a lot of the work I do is around your mindset. A lot of people have blocks when it comes to money, stuff that's holding them back, you know, we all have beliefs from our childhood with growing up with money that blocks us from abundance. So working on that a lot with people and why they're getting blocked on certain things, why they aren't making the money they are, what they want to be making for me with my blocks growing up, like not, it was like middle income, but my parents always fought about money. And I kind of always thought I, people, you, you have these beliefs, like money's hard to make. Or when you get money, you're going to lose it. It's hard to, it's hard to hold, keep money. So there's all these like things that just get fed to us that aren't our own beliefs. So it's really working with people on their mindset around money too. And then helping them with the budget, making them look behind the curtain. A lot of people don't want to face their, what comes in on their statements every month and really looking at 
what they're spending their money on. So I make people do that <laughs> and question what they're spending their money on. Awesome. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, a lot of our episodes have been not necessarily money specific and been focused on those, you know, those, uh, the beliefs that you tell yourself or the, in some cases they're myths, right? They're things that, uh, you were raised with that you picked up somewhere. Uh, it might even be, uh, the behaviors of your friends and family, you know, your immediate family. And so figuring out like how behavior science and, you know, being able to take that down. And sometimes some of the sessions feel a little bit more like therapy than, than yeah, having a meeting, um, with like a financial planner. And I think that's key. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, uh, all really great work. I think being able to set people free with their money helps them to really just think about their life differently. And, uh, I've definitely caught that, uh, myself and I'm just excited to be able to talk to you and others to share that. Um, I think like coaching is all about accountability too. So having somebody who's checking in with you, making sure, you know, you're on track, making sure you're doing what needs to get done. So people want that accountability. They don't do things sometimes if they don't have that, just like you're trying to lose weight or get on a health plan. Same thing for your finances. Everyone should be, should have a financial coach, just like everyone should have a health and wellness coach to make sure that they're, you know, to keep your financial goals and your health goals, um, where you want to be. So, and everybody has different, it's money. So interesting to me because everybody has a different financial situation. Nobody makes the same amount of money. Everybody spends their money differently, um, from where you live to just all kinds of things. So it's just very interesting. It's a really cool space to be in right now, coaching in general and financial, financial independence and financial personal finance, because more people our age are really becoming in tune to Mm -hmm. the marketing that's going on around us and the debt that so many people have in America these days and how easy it is to take out loans and debt on something that's $50 online. Want to make $5, pay $5 a month. Like you can't afford $50. You have more, more something else going on that you need to deal with. Definitely. Yeah. It's, yeah. It seems like there are more and more uh, products that have that on there, like the Casper mattresses and the expensive training equipment. It's always like you can buy it for this or you can get this like it's not really a bank. Um, I can't remember the name of some of them. A firm is one of them where they're like, we'll finance this for you for the next year. And, you know, if if that that's not a good decision to be making because you're making a contract to part with some of your money every month that you have to think about. So it's totally. definitely and something to think about. The, the interest and in what it's costing them long-term. And I feel like with finance, people overcomplicate it. And like you said, a lot of it is common sense. We, we know what we need to do. People tend to think that it's going to be, it needs to be more complicated. If you just focus on one thing at a time, like you're just focused on paying off debt right now, you're not, you're not trying to save money for retirement. You're not trying to do 10 other things at the same time. That's where I was getting stuck. And that's the best advice that I could give to anybody. If they have a goal of paying off debt or saving an emergency fund, do one thing at a time, Mm. Yeah, one card at a time or one bill at a time, um, instead of trying to pay off and do everything at at once. It's not going to work. Yeah. I like that because I think a lot of people maybe don't do anything because they're trying to make, 
make the right perfect decisions and there is no right perfect decision. You have to start with one and then move to the next one and maybe you'll make some missteps. You know, for me, that misstep was the whole IRS thing that I'm paying back, but you know, I don't, don't deny that I owe it. And so we're paying it back slowly. Um, but the credit cards are going to go first and yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to just, you know, do my own debt-free scream one day. (laughs) (laughs) You're on show doing a whole debt-free scream. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I also, I teach a budgeting coaching, uh, group coaching course, Budget Master, once a month. So it's a three-week course where I teach people exactly how to budget. It's super affordable. So we're we're doing that at the end of the month. It usually starts at the end of the month so that you can get your budget set up for the beginning of the month. And we just talk a lot about, too, stuff that's holding you back and also planning for your future, thinking Mm -hmm. long term. A lot of people are like in the now. That's why they want to buy what they want to buy right now and and YOLO and all that like stuff that people say, (laughs) like, you only live once. Let's do this now. Spend all of our money. Put it on the credit card. But um, and really making people think long term, like where do they want to be in 20 years, not just like five years, like 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this pandemic does to that like short term, long term view for people. If that shortens it for a little while, if like there's going to be a generational thing, you know, it's, it's not quite depression level, right? But it's no. you know, uh, the unemployment numbers are getting there, right? So it's very high. Uh, whether that's temporary or going to be for a little while, I think it'll be interesting to see what the long term effects are because. Definitely seeing some people who are like taking the stimulus check and going and buying some new Jordans. Uh, and then you see some people, which, you know, stimulates the economy. Someone's, you know, buying something. But I know a lot of people are using it to pay off debt. A lot of people are using it just to save their, you know, pad their emergency funds. So it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out long term. Yeah, I'm interested to see it too. And um, yeah, I think just uh, if you're interested in, finance, then it's just like reading and learning as much as you can. There's so much free information out there for people who want to learn. And it doesn't have to be hard. Is like the biggest takeaway I want. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Other than Dave Ramsey, do you have any other people that you'd recommend checking out or books or any resources like that? Yeah. I love Jen Sincero. You Mm -hmm. are bad at making money. Besides her kind of talking about going into debt for something, I really love that book about... Mm -hmm point of view and her story. Um, there's a book called your money story, your money love story by Kate Northrup. And, and her, she's, she's kind of coaching and teaching people about paying off debt. And it's, it's her story too, but I really like that book. And I mean, I grew up watching Susie Orman, so I still like watching some of her stuff. I think she's on the same similar as Dave Ramsey. And then also just like Ramsey solutions in general, a lot of their content, they have Tons of great speakers. Rachel Cruz, his daughter, speaks to moms and families on debt. And there's just, there's so much out there now. If you'll find somebody that you is personality-wise, like what you're looking for, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I really, have you read Money Diaries? Uh, I'm trying to remember, by Lindsay Stanbury. Um, it's definitely targeted at a female demographic, but I enjoyed it just because it was, Every it was like a, literally lots of different women taking writing these money diaries, and it was just and most of them were in New York, I believe, and so it was just really interesting to see the difference between someone who 
was married with a really high, you know, household income. Then you have someone who's just out of school, who's volunteering at, you know, their spin class so they can get spin class for free. And it's just all these different things that are going on. A lot of it was like very New York, um, but it was just really interesting to see how in some cases, some people were making very little money and saving a very high savings rate. And then some people were living very large uh, on, you know, in debt and on credit cards and just kind of the thoughts around that. And it's, that's a good read too. So we'll definitely put all those in the show notes for people to check out. Cause I think they can be inspiring to just read other people's stories and, and, you know, follow along with those uh, with their own money adventures. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Isn't that, was that the refinery that was from us? Yes. Yeah. That was the refinery book. So they do the articles, the monthly mm-hmm. articles that are on somebody's story. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, and I think she, uh, the the woman who wrote that, Lindsay, is now at CNBC on like they they do a series called Make It, and so they're doing very similar uh, kind of content over there now. So she's uh, definitely one of my goal interview subjects. One day I want to get her on here. <laughs> yeah, putting so. it out there. Shout out Lindsay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and I think the interesting thing would be to do a Money Diaries for Men because I do see a lot of. Uh, focus not just in terms of the content, but it seems like women are much more open to talking about money um, these days. And I've been able to get some men on the show to talk about it, especially around family life and you know how much they're making. But it definitely seems to be either you know the conversations just don't happen as much in the public, maybe, and they're happening you know behind closed doors or something. But uh, it's definitely been a trend that I've noticed. Uh, and I, even when I started the show, a lot of people were like, why would you talk about that publicly? Like, that's not something really? that you're supposed to talk about. Uh, but for me, this is accountability. This show means that I'm going to put myself out there and people know when I'm, you know, not acting in accordance to that. So, yeah. And it's the stigma, you know, there's so much stigma on finance in general. And I feel like a lot more women are talking about it now because we have the platforms to do it. And um, we're feeling empowered by other women who are putting themselves out there and talking about it and having and with so many people getting married old, older ages now and having kids older, really being prepared and setting yourself up in your twenties and thirties and not waiting for a guy for yeah. my case or something to, to figure it out and take care of the finances. Awesome. Thanks, Tanya. Where can listeners find you? Uh, what's your website, social, uh, so we can send people your way. Cool. It is the moneylifecoach.com. So T H E before money life coach. And I'm also on YouTube. If you just look up money life coach or Tanya Schultz, everything's mostly under my name. So T A W N Y A little bit different spelling. If you think of Dawn, my mom's name was Dawn. So she T A W N easiest way to remember it. Um, Tanya Schultz on Instagram and it's under the pseudo name money life coach. So if you find look up that hashtag or whatever, you will find me. I am out there and I have a budget budgeting class, like I said, and a free budget worksheet on my website for anybody that wants it and tons of free content almost every day. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. We'll put links to all that in the show notes so that you can go find uh, all the right spellings and all the right links. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Tanya. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. 